I worry because when, I, when I'm asked to perform a task and I don't feel I'm prepared, I begin to worry. I begin to worry when I don't have enough time to prepare. I worry when I don't think my needs are going to be met and I'm going to be without and I don't want to. I worry because I don't want to be embarrassed. And so I worry because I don't want to mess up. I don't want, I don't want people to think bad of me. I worry because my eyes are not on God. Amen. That's why I worry. That's why you worry. I found Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6 is the verse, my life verse, that answers those concerns and much, much more. And um, I want to share this with you this morning. So why don't we, why don't we bow in prayer? Lord, we're here before you gathered together and pray that God that uh, the word that you've given me would encourage my church that it would make a lasting impact on all of us for your glory and God I pray that we would challenge ourselves to to uh, trust you all the time It's, it's a decision that we have to make. You've shown over and over again in the word and even in, even in life, really, that you can be trusted. Maybe, Lord, there's some that feel that uh, you've, they've been disappointed by you. I believe, Lord, if that's the case, people really don't understand you. And so there's a need to get to know God, to be able to understand your ways and to trust you. I pray that what happened starting today through this message, I pray in your name. Amen. Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 and 6, my life verse. I always refer to this verse. It's my life verse. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. And do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him in all your ways. I like that. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make your path straight. March 8th, 1988, Donna gave birth to our son, Joshua Stevens. It was our second child. Lisa was already born. Of course, she was born in 86. Joshua came to us in 88, March 8th. He was eight months in the womb. And um, 
couple of days before we went to the hospital, Donna noticed that uh, she wasn't feeling any movement. So, you know, she kind of did some things and, you know, um, it was kind of the same way with Lisa. Lisa, when Donna was carrying Lisa, there was a moment that she wasn't feeling anything. So she kept poking and probing and eventually Lisa started moving. Well, she was probably asleep. <laughs> but this one was different. This one didn't move. So we were concerned. So we went to the hospital, went to Rush. And um, our worst nightmares were confirmed. Uh, there was no heartbeat. The baby had died. And, uh, boy. <laughs> get emotional about that. Guess you'll never get over that, but that, you know, this, that was devastating. So we gave birth to a purple baby. And uh, he was a beautiful little boy. They gave, they, you know, and when there's a stillbirth, there's, there's a difference in the room. There's no laughter there. It's all somber, very, very sad. People, they're not saying much. They lay the baby out. I had a chance to look at his body. Yeah, he was a boy. And uh, he didn't move. They wrapped him up in the uh, blanket, gave him to me. I held little Joshua. I remember putting my, my uh, finger in his mouth and making him smile. I opened up his eyes. They just stared. He was dead. Don and I could hear in the other room laughter of uh, new births. You could hear the sound of a new baby crying. There was joy in the other room. But uh, there was sadness with us. That was March 8th, 1988. And we Don and I sung to the Lord. We said, uh, I love you, Lord, with all my heart, you know, and things like that. Uh, I had to leave because, um, well, I was unemployed at that time. I needed to go to the unemployment office to uh, um, look to see, am I going to get a check? Went over there, and I forget exactly what happened, but... Uh, uh, I wasn't going to get a check. March 8th, 1988 was not a good day for me. And uh, it's been several years back, and I'm still pretty emotional about that. I, I cried out to the Lord, and I, I asked God, God, I love you. I'm not mad at you, Lord. I'm just hurting. I know you're sovereign. I know that, uh, uh, Lord, you know what's best. See, that's what good theology will do for you. You, you, you. you understand God, you have a better perspective of what's going on. But I still said, Lord, I'm just hurting. Uh, I lost my son, my, my only son. 
and I, I need your help to help me get some perspective. And the Lord answered my prayer. That same day, uh, I listened to um, Focus on a Family, which I always do. But that day, March 8th, 1988, Reverend E.V. Hill was on. And he shared about the death of his wife in biblical perspective. I heard that message, and it spoke to my heart. He said, basically, God told him, you got to trust me, Hill. You got to trust me with baby. That was his wife. He called his wife baby. You got to trust me with baby out of your sight. He said, trust. He said the Lord told him that trust does not involve yes to what we ask. But trust involves that you know the best. And if you had to say no to me to give her the best, then trust. Trust me. And the Lord was telling me, Dougie, trust me. Trust me with your son. I know this was your only son. I want you to trust me with your son. I said, okay, Lord, okay. But it hurts. I know. Trust me, though. And so after that experience, uh, we were able, Donna gave birth to four more beautiful girls. Now I have a wonderful son-in-law. He's, he's a good man, you all. He's a good man. Don, John Hammond. And I have two beautiful grandchildren, boys. Boys. God knows. And he says, trust me. Trust me, Doug. We got to trust the Lord. Some of us have a hard time in trusting the Lord. If we can't understand what's going on, we have a hard time trusting God. If we can't see what you're doing, God, we in our, in our pride, we don't trust you. Some of, us, some of us say that, God, you hurt me, you disappointed me. And I believe that if that's you, that's because you don't know God. You've just surfacely flipped through the pages. You haven't really gotten intimate with God. You haven't really know who God is the way God wants you to. Amen. Then you'd be able to understand yes, the ways of God. And it's, it's no mystery because God has this in the pages of the Bible for us to study it. As believers, we have the Holy Spirit inside. So we have the ability. God gives us the ability to understand the word if we just get in there and study it and, and pray, be diligent, and he'll reveal himself to us. But if we, if we don't do that, then we'll misunderstand what God's doing in life. And will do exactly what the enemy would want us to do in those situations, and that's getting disappointed with God and 
saying all this kind of stuff. Well, we, I'm telling you, it's because you don't know the Lord. You need to really know the Lord. Trust the Lord. And so my, my verse, the verse this morning, Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 says, trust in the Lord. You know, there's only one Lord. My text does not say, trust in Buddha. Trust in Muhammad. Trust in influential people. Trust in your money. My text says, trust in the Lord. Who is? Who is the Lord? The Bible reveals that the Lord is Jehovah Jireh. The Lord who provides, trust him. Trust the Lord because he provides. Turn to your Bibles, to Philippians 4.19. The word of God says in Philippians 4.19, My God will supply all of your needs according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. That verse tells us that God is, he's a rich God. How rich is he? You can't fathom his riches. You can't even fathom all that God has made. The universe goes on and 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 on. And there's stars and planets galore, and he's made all that by one word. And we, we remember in, 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 uh, in heaven, the streets are paved in pure gold, glass. The gates are pure uh, pearl. God is rich. And he says, my God shall supply all of our needs. How is he going to do that? According to his riches in glory in Christ Jesus. Trust him. Trust the Lord. Our God is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. So we, you and I can trust him because he's a God He's Lord who heals. He hears our heart. He sees the brokenness that we experience. And he heals. Psalm 147 verse 3 says, He heals the brokenhearted. And he binds up their wounds. Trust me. Trust me, the Lord says. The Lord Jehovah Raha. The Lord your shepherd. Psalm 23 says, The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. That's David who wrote that. And, he, and he, what, what David is saying is that I, I've learned that I don't lack anything. The Lord is the one who meets all my needs. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. It says in verse 2, 
that he makes me, he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. The Lord makes me lie down. Sometimes God takes us to places where I don't want to go. Sometimes he takes you in places that you don't want to go. The Lord makes you lie down in green pastures. See, we, I don't see it. I don't see the green pastures. But they're there, and he's telling us to lie down. Lie down. I know you don't see it, but I want you to lie down. I want you to trust me, Doug. I want you to trust me with all your heart. You don't see the things that I'm doing. You know, having lost jobs and, you know, going through difficult situations that God sovereignly allows in our lives, we just have to learn to trust the Lord. Remember Isaiah 55, verses 8 and 9? For my thoughts are not your thoughts, nor are your ways my ways, declares the Lord. Trust me. For as the heavens are higher than the earth, so are my ways higher than your ways and my thoughts than your thoughts. Trust me. You've got to trust me. I'm the good shepherd. I'll take good care of you. But you're going to have to trust me now. I can't give you my best until you learn to trust me. Trust me. So God makes me lie down in green pastures. I don't understand it all. I don't want to go there. But he makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside the still waters. I don't see the still waters, but they're there. Verse 3 says, he restores my soul. He guides me in the path of righteousness for his namesake. The Lord restores my soul. The Lord restores your soul. The Lord repairs me. The Lord repairs you. He fixes my soul. He fixes your soul. He restores us. He makes us like new again. You know the thing about something new, like a new car or something like that? Everything works properly. <laughs> There's no messing around with a new car. They, it usually is working the way it should. The Lord restores my soul in that it now works properly in response to him and trust The Lord is the good shepherd. The Lord is the one who guides me in the paths of righteousness. The Lord is the one who reveals truth to me and discernment to what is really true. For his name's sake. That is, when I really begin to trust the Lord for his name's sake, I believe it's talking about my attitude toward the situation will properly represent God to others. 
And so people can put, as they observe our lives, God is a faithful God. For my name's sake. When I apply verses 1 through 3 in, in Psalm 23, when, when I apply that and it's at work in my life, then I'm able to apply verses, the rest of the text, verses 4 through 6. And that is, see, when I trust the Lord with all my heart, then, verses 4 through 6, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? Because I trust in the Lord. See, that's where God wants us to be. See, if we're fearing evil, it's because we have not learned to trust the Lord. But when we learn to trust the Lord, we learn not to fear evil. Why? Because you are with me. Your rod and your staff comfort me. Your corrections in my life. Your directions in my life comfort me. I know you're there. This is what happens when I trust God. Even though I walk through the valley of shell of death, even, even when I find myself in a lot of trouble, because I've learned to trust God, I know God is my good shepherd. I will not be overcome with fear. That's the key to not be being overcome with fear, learning to trust God. And the outcome continues. Verse 5, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil. My cup runs over. God wants to show even our enemies the faithfulness of God because God cares about our enemies as well. He wants our enemies to become born again. We may not want them to be, but God wants them to be born again as they observe my life, as they observe how I function. And they say, they scratch their head and wonder, this, this guy is different. Why? Because I've learned to trust the Lord. You can trust the Lord too, but you need to know him as your Savior and Lord first. It's an opportunity to share Christ with our enemies. How about that, huh? In verse 6, surely, see, this, this is the outcome of David as he's trusted the Lord. He, he can say in verse 6, his experience, surely goodness and mercy. He's confident of that. Surely goodness and mercy will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Why? Because I trust in thee. I trust you, Lord. Proverbs says to trust in the Lord. With all your heart. Why with all our hearts? If I don't trust God with all my heart, that means there's, there's other things in there that I could possibly pay attention to and trust. And when I do that, I fall back into fear. I'm going to turn to Matthew chapter 14. Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. 
This is when Jesus, Jesus was training his disciples. He had just finished feeding the 5,000. And uh, so he did that, starting in verse 22. I'll just read it and just listen to the word as we talk about trust the Lord with all your heart. Immediately he made the disciples get into the boat and go ahead of him to the other side. This is Matthew chapter 14, verses 22 through 33. While he sent the crowd away, after he had sent the crowd away, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. And when it was evening, he was there alone. But the boat was already a long distance from land, battered by the waves of the wind. It was contrary. It was pretty choppy out there. The winds were blowing, and this was kind of like, I don't know how big that boat was, but those disciples were out there. Imagine being out in water. There's, there's pitch blackness out, out in the sea. There's no street lights out there, and you're, there's the waves. You can't see anything, and it's blowing like crazy. Scripture says that and in the fourth watch, that was between 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. In the fourth watch of the night, he came to them, as Jesus came to them, walking on the sea. Imagine that scene. And when the, when the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified and said, it's a ghost. And they cried out in fear. Why did they cry out in fear? Because they did not know it was Jesus. Why do we cry out in fear? Because we don't know Jesus. But immediately Jesus spoke to them and said, take courage, it is I. Don't be afraid. Peter said to him, Lord, if it's, if, if, if it's you, command me to come to you on the water. And he said, come. And Peter got out of the boat and actually walked on water and came toward Jesus. But Seeing the wind, he became frightened and beginning, he was beginning to sink and cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, it says, Jesus stretched out his hand and took hold of him and said to him, you of little faith, why did you doubt? When they got into the boat, the winds stopped. That kind of shows me that the Lord had that all planned out. <laughs> he had that wind there to try to teach them some things about trusting God with all your heart. See, Peter, when he got out in the water, as long as he, his focus was on the Lord, he could walk on water. He did the impossible thing, Chicagoland. He could walk on water. But when he started noticing the waves... He began to sink. 
he began to think, I guess, that, wow, this, 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 these waves are, this wind is pretty strong. I might drown. He put his focus off the Lord. And so the Lord is telling us to trust in the Lord with all your heart. Know who God is. Don't allow yourselves, don't allow myself to think other things. You know, I, I didn't have a lot of time to prepare this message like I did the other message. You know, I had several months to prepare it. I kind of like that. But this, but this time, I only had a few days, and I was like, Ooh. what was I focusing on? Me. Not on God. Thoughts coming in. What if you stand up and say, Jesus loves you, you, and you. Okay, we can go home. <laughs> no. I had, I had to learn over again. See Proverbs 3, 5, and 6 every day in my life. Trust the Lord. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Thoughts will come in. Learn not to focus on those thoughts. Focus on the Lord. Doubts come in. What if this happens? What if you're not prepared? Trust the Lord. Take the time to prepare. Pray. Tell God how you feel. Let God tell you. He'll probably tell you things like, trust me, Doug. Let's go ahead and do it. Trust me. You'll be fine. Amen? Trust the Lord with all your heart. And don't lean to your own understanding. When I first read this this. Uh, this verse, some way back, some years way back, man, it just encouraged my heart so much. And I said, boy, this book spoke to me. That is amazing. Yes, it's, it's the living word of God. About a year after our son Joshua's death, I did get a job at a place called Middleby Marshall. I was a machine designer. And I thought things were going pretty good. We were living in a two-flat on the west, west side, west side of Chicago. Yeah. And uh, we wanted to buy a house. We saw a house around there, west side. West side because I, I thought at the time that most of my jobs were in the west side of Chicago, west or northwest side. So that's what I want to be. The house was really nice. We really liked the house. The neighborhood was a little iffy. The house was nice. And I was about to, we were about to put a bid in the house. And I got laid off. And uh, I said, wow, Lord, okay. See, I, I didn't understand. So the, the normal response is what? Discouragement, sadness. Remember, Chicago language, because we all go through this. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he'll direct your path. Don and I began to look at, well, where do we want our house to be? What kind of house will we want since we've lost this one? We thought, well, I want, we want our house to be in a place where it's not a busy street. Yeah, that's right. Check. Put that out. Yeah, not a busy street. Uh, we like a lot of trees. We liked Oak Park. We loved Oak Park. 
but we couldn't afford Oak Park. Um, we thought of Beverly, but Beverly, Beverly was south, a little less expensive than Oak Park, but it was south. Our, our friends, remember uh, Jerry and Cheryl Redfield? They used to live on, uh, on Hoyne, right off of 95th Street. They had a real nice, nice house there. And, the, and we shared with them, you know, our, our heart's desire. And the four of us prayed. You know, Jerry and Cheryl prayed for us that, that we would find a house in the area. And uh, the Lord heard that. Uh, our landlord, we loved our landlord at the time, but he sold the two flat to this woman. That was uh, that was a real bugabear. She put the clamps on us, took away a lot of our freedoms. And so Donna looked at we looked at one another and says, you know, it's time to move. <laughs> so we looked more earnestly for the house. Um, I found a job. The name of that was Uarco. It was on 51st in California. It was south. So I guess our focus would be south. And we saw a couple of houses, but we ran into the house that we're at now. Not in Beverly, but just the outskirts of Beverly at a price that we could afford, in a neighborhood that uh, we just loved. You see, God heard us, and he answered prayer. We've been there for, what, over 26 years. He does the same thing for you over and over and over again. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways acknowledge him, and he will direct your path. Amen? Amen. 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 Well, do you struggle with trusting God? Why? Why do you do that? You should ask yourself that. Why do why do I struggle? Why do I struggle in trusting God? Is, that, is it because I've forgotten who God is? Remember, God is Jehovah Jireh, the Lord who provides. Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals. Jehovah Raha, the Lord, my shepherd, your shepherd. And there's other names that I didn't mention who God is. Is it because you've Maybe you've forgotten who the Lord is that you don't trust. I encourage you to trust. Learn, to, learn who God is. It's going to require you to study the word of God. Is it because you've forgotten that God really loves you? Is it because you don't include God in your life? He says, in all your ways, acknowledge you. Acknowledge him. Do you find yourself just doing things and not praying? Be honest with you, I, 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 I talk to God a lot. I pray, I talk. I mean, it's, it's just, I just talk to the Lord. Lord, what shall I do here? Lord, this is how I feel about this. You know, and on and on and on. Do you, do you include God in your life? Life becomes a whole lot richer when you do that. And he wants us to do that. Is it because you think God has let you down?
those are things that you and I need to, or you need to really come to grips with. Learn to depend on, on God. In all your ways, acknowledge the Lord. If I do that, God promises to make my paths straight. Outcome successful. Now, I want to say something right now in closing. I want to put a challenge out to you as a church. If you haven't done this before or if you, you want to start afresh to trusting the Lord with all your heart, if this message has really spoke to your heart and you want to start anew to trust him with all your heart, why don't you stand? Now, you know, if you, when you stand, you're, you're making a statement that I'm going to learn to trust you. But, you know, where else are you going to go? If you, if you sit down and say, I'm not going to trust you, that's not going to help you. God wants us to trust him, and he, he wants us to put ourselves, he wants us to challenge ourselves. God is trustworthy, isn't he? Yes, he is. So let's start afresh to trust the Lord with all our hearts and not lean to our own, our own understanding and all our ways acknowledge him. You will direct our path. Lord, you know, I stand with everybody else because uh, I'm challenged every day to trust you, Lord. And Lord, and so are we. Lord, you're, you are trustworthy. And Lord, you are kind. And you're patient. And Lord, uh, growth takes time. And Lord, you see those of us who are standing. Now, that might mean, Lord, as you may take us in situations, you know, that might be a little uncomfortable. But, Lord, the key is for us to learn to trust you. And when we do, we have a testimony to share and also in our own lives to, to strengthen us. So it's all good. You don't want us to shrink back. You don't want us to live in fear. But you want us to live boldly. You're a trustworthy, loving, wonderful God. And so, Lord, we put our trust in you by faith and knowing who you are. Pray that, Lord, you'd reveal yourself as we study your word. Pray that we would study your word even more earnestly from this point on. In your name I pray. Amen.